George Dunlap. Uh, today we're going to be talking to a really good friend of mine, Brent Murray. Brent owns and operates the ice cream shop in Rockton, Illinois. It's called the Dairy House. Dairy House is a really cool looking operation and Brent makes some great taste in ice cream. He's been making homemade ice cream for a long time. So, Brent has a lot of things to talk to us about. He's going to tell us about some of his successes. He's going to tell us how he got through COVID. And he's going to give us some ideas about where he's headed. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Brent Murray, with Dairy House in Rockton, Illinois. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, too. I uh, hope you had a good good holiday and a good Christmas and everything. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah. How can either one of us go wrong when we're in ice cream, right? I mean, it's... When, uh, when my mom was running the business, um, she used to get a little bit of a break right around now. Um, it's been uh, quite a few years where we've been operating 12 months out of the year. So I always give her a hard time around the holidays that she always gets to, got to take the time off and the, the, the young guys got to do the work. So, so that brings up, so tell me about the, your background. Uh, I didn't realize your mother uh, was the was she the first one to run the shop? The um, she shop? actually wasn't, no. Um, oh, the shop, oh, tell me this, about it. Um, this year we're celebrating our 40th season and um, we're in Rockton, Illinois, which is the home of everyone's um, favorite soft serve manufacturer, Taylor Freezer. And um, oh, we're going to say 40 years ago, well, probably about 44 or 45 years ago, um, there was a salesman for, from Taylor Freezer named Chuck Gilbert that wanted yep. a way to showcase his ice cream, um, I, or I'm sorry, to showcase his uh, ice cream machines um, yes. to his international clientele. Um, Taylor at that time in the mid eighties was um, trying to get into international clientele. So um, he would have people that would show up to Taylor Freezer just down the street and actually like a block away from where I'm sitting right now. And um, <laughs> he'd have them show up and he'd show them the machines, but he felt there was a better way of going about doing it. And he wanted a little side money on uh, to, to make too. So he started up the dairy house and ran it for about five or six years, um, sold it to his uh, manager at the time, the Charlene Warren. Um, Charlene had it for about four years. And then uh, my mom, we had, we had moved to town and she was having a little bit of that empty nest syndrome. Right. And um, mom decided um, she wanted something to do. So she was throwing dartboards or darts at the board, trying to figure out things like a lot of us do. And um, it's very similar in a lot of the, the vein of the same people that I hear on the ice cream forum uh, or the ice cream shop professionals, Facebook pages and things like that. Right. I'm just looking for something to do. I want to I want to um, use my energy in a positive manner. So mom started doing that and um, her passion for business um, took it to new heights, fortunately. And um, she also did something that I think was real smart. Um, at the time, the, the Warrens and the, the Gilberts were, um, they were chasing margin within the soft serve machine. And um, they saw there was a lot more margin to be had within that soft serve machine than, the, than their scooped ice cream. Um, so they were manufacturing ice cream on site. But when people would come in, um, the product they were trying to sell them was the soft serve ice cream. And mom got in there and she realized right away, well, the item of differentiation for our ice cream shop is the fact that we make it from scratch. So um, that and was this the is, This is the shop right here, right? That is. And um, I, I'm, I'm um, former, former, formerly, former, <laughs> formerly, 
um, issuing a uh, a contest or is issuing a uh, uh, some sort of a, uh, an award. If you can manufacture as, as much ice cream out of um, as little space as we do, um, I'll buy you a, a dinner or something like that. Um, the the that little brown spot in the back of that building right there is um, it's a twelve by fifteen um, little shack, and that's where we're producing everything nowadays. In the back, um, back in the back here. In that back, no, um, this little brown thing, yeah, right there, like that little. No, the first thing you had it on. Right um, but nope, there we go. The pergola, um, even behind closer, the pergola. No, <laughs> attached to the limestone building. Do you see that little thing that looks like just a bathroom? Yes, that's where we're making all the ice cream. Holy cow! Mm -hmm. Um, we're doing um, usually anywhere between 16 and um, 30 batches a day. So the machine itself is a 24 quart Emory Thompson machine. And um, we've got a uh, we've got three blast freezers, all global blast freezers, and um, our game is filling up those blast freezers each and every day. And whether the ice cream gets sold out of that little ice cream shop that you're looking at right now, right, right. or um, we are now manufacturing and selling, well, for the about, about the last um, ten years, but really the last three to four years, we've been manufacturing um, for local grocery stores. Um, and that's been a huge avenue of our, our business. It, it was, um, pre 2020, it was about, I would say 10 or 15% of our mix. And now it's about 30% of our mix. It's a, it's a big portion. So well, mom, mom, mom ran it for, oh, about eight or nine years. And then, um, she was getting into her, like, upper fifties and dad was getting to the point where he was retiring from his professional job. Okay. So, um, the conversation then, um, Brent, do you want to keep working for Best Buy your whole life? Or, um, do you want to try this out again? So, um, I worked there when I was a little kid and then, um, after college and all of that kind of stuff, um, it was right around 2008 and I was feeling, um, I was, I had been at with Best Buy for about 10 years and I was feeling that crunch of um, corporate life and how you have to treat your customers one specific way in corporate life. And I just didn't like it. So I saw the way mom was able to treat her customers and how she was able to stand for her business and stuff like that. And it was a no brainer. I came back and started working for her. It was kind of a humbling time. Um, college kid didn't know where he was going to go, that right. whole thing. Um, so, uh, coming back home and, um, living with my parents for a little while was, a yep. was kind of a shell shock in my late twenties, but, um, got my feet underneath me, um, bought the house that we're sitting in right now. And, um, the rest has been history. It's been a fun, 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 over 13 years now. It's been, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, you think about, I mean, this, this, uh, picture back here, uh, on the other side. Yeah. Uh, that was very, uh, wasn't the same type of story, but, uh, Back, uh, my mom and dad, my dad uh, was it's, uh, was in the mix business. Uh, he's passed away since. But so we built that back. Uh, it's no longer in business. And uh, but we built that back in 73. Uh, and we, uh, we, it was an old gas station. So uh, uh, at that time, dad was uh, similar to what Chuck was doing. He was selling ice cream machines also. Uh, huh. and, and, the, and the brand doesn't matter at this point in time because it's all about your story. But as you, you know, as you, as Chuck knew, and my dad knew, you know, people don't buy ice cream machines 
from uh, in a factory. They buy them from an operation. And Chuck was very smart. I knew Chuck real well, a great uh, mentor that I uh, knew as a kid when I started selling the uh, the other brand. And uh, you know, Chuck and my dad said, you know, you're going to sell. You know, when a machine's operating and you're and you, you know, your mom and dad are making cones and stuff, uh, and they see the cash box, you know, then the, the the new operator becomes, as you said, excited. The the new operator being the customer at that point, watching the the whole thing happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I've always thought that there's an interesting thing um, to that, um, that we operate businesses that people can look at from outside and really wrap their heads around, um, go, mm-hmm. oh, you know what, I feel like, and obviously there's something more to it um, when you get, in, right. you get into the brass tacks of everything. But I do find that interesting that um, people walk in and, um, oh, they kind of wrap their head around the business. And I think there's something comforting to that. Um, I know I'll walk by gigantic um, tool and die manufacturing businesses and just not even have a clue as to what's going on behind those doors. But I think it's kind of neat when you see the buzz of the kids working and the the old man that's been working behind the counter for 15 years now, I think people really like that. And they can, they can see themselves in that, in those shoes pretty easily. And I think that's an easy way then to create a connection with that customer. So do you still do both softer and the hard, the homemade? We do. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've actually been through a couple of, a few Taylor uh, soft serve machines over those 40 years. Um, we're now on a now non, uh, we're on a gravity fed um, non pump system. Um, okay. And it's, it's mainly for flurries. Um, okay. We, okay. I, I pride myself on being a homemade ice cream shop and we sell homemade ice cream. And if you talk to me, I don't even really use the word soft serve, but there is, um, as I'm sure like, your audience knows, um, you have have to make sure you have something on your menu that's dairy free nowadays. You yeah. have to make sure you got something on your menu that's this and this. And um, having a flurry on the menu at an ice cream shop, I think is almost critical. Um, we've tried going the route of like taking our homemade ice cream and blending it in the flurries. And it just doesn't have that same consistency, I think, because it's a hard product um, and it ends up a little bit more like a milkshake. Um, so we'll keep those. And I also think it's real important. Um, while we make, we, we used to use a uh, Taylor manufactured uh, homemade ice cream machine in the back room. Right. The, the decision about 12 years ago when that machine went out was kind of a no brainer. I did my research and um, Scott, uh, Steve over there at Emory Thompson was right. just amazing watching all of his videos. And um, it just made sense that we were going to go through that 24 port uh, Emory Thompson. Taylor really didn't make it um, no. here in Rockton anymore. No. No. So um, it was just a kind of a no brainer. We're going to go with that Emory Thompson, but we wanted to make sure we still supported Taylor. So we're going to always have a Taylor software machine. In our well, and Taylor had a great little uh, batch machine, that model 220. Yes, that uh, we we put so many quarts and so many buckets. It's a great machine. That thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah when one, I, go ahead. Go ahead. When uh, when we first got that machine, uh, got the Emory Thompson, it was a little bit of a, a transition to step from that right. 220 to the Emory Thompson. We were actually used to quarting out of the machine um, where we would pull that little plunger, right. um, hold the quart underneath, and then seal that plunger back up. And you could quart just boom, 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 15 or 16 quarts right out yep. of that batch. Yep. Um, the Emory Thompson was not that way. Uh, but we ended up figuring out how to work with right. it such that right. I actually feel like we're more more efficient now than they were later. 
Well, you know, it's interesting when people ask me, what is the best way to do this or the best way to do this? Uh, I tell them there is no, I said, the best way is the way that works for you. Yeah. Because, you know, when, the, when we had the ice cream store, we did, uh, we had uh, uh, a pressurized machine. It was a, it was a pump from, it was the old, uh, you know, kind of like the, uh, uh, the uh, Dairy Queen setup, you know, where they pumped out the walk-in coolers back then. And and we had a you know the twist spigot you know, the, you, know, you can open it and close it like similar to uh, the process at two twenty which you could do pints I mean we could just bang 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 yes. bang uh, and and then I got used to but the batch machine like you said in the process of what you're doing uh, is just I mean that Emory Thompson is an awesome machine and um, in today's world you know how to work, make it work. Yeah, it's it's been fun to learn the machine and it's been fun to like reperfect our ice cream and to learn new techniques and stuff like that, um, that you could do with that machine that you couldn't do with others. Um, one we're really enjoying is um, we'll run um, one flavor for half of the day okay. and we're just taking those buckets and putting them straight into our walk-in. We're not blasting them at this point and we'll throw them straight really? in the walk-in really? and then we will switch over to a different flavor of ice cream. And as that bucket is extracting, the team member um, grabs that, that other bucket from the walk-in and they are going half and half half and half the entire bu bucket that they're making. So um, for instance, like a root beer float ice cream, we could have, um, we would make the root beer ice cream and then secondarily we make the vanilla ice cream. Actually we switch them around because you can make vanilla first and then root beer second without needing right. to clean. Um, and then that bucket then becomes a root beer float ice cream because it's got both in there. And as the, as the employee then um, scoops the ice cream, it has that real neat rainbow effect to it. Don't you think uh, most new people, I mean, you know, back to your, uh, I like how your, your analogy of widgets, you know, when people get a little, they get like starry eyed because they're not really sure the finished product. Well, you know, really it's the same thing with what you're talking about because, you know, they come to the, they come to the win window and they order their ice cream. Oh, where did I put it? You know, uh, let, me, let me bring it back up here again. Uh, I think, uh, you know, because essentially your setup is you got the window on the left side and a window on the right side, right? That's correct, um, which was not the pre-COVID setup for the dairy house. Um, yeah, so currently um, we work, we operate like a lot of, um, I'd say like um, upper Midwest ice cream shops um, okay. where you've got a, a window and a window. Um, you've got an ordering window and a pickup window. Okay, um, okay. Pre-COVID, people actually walked through that front door. Um, they walked right inside? Okay. They did. Um, so they walked in. Um, there was a counter. There was a, you can look at that building. Um, it's so small. The front, the front, probably 40% of it was where a customer, where customers would stand. The back 30% of the limestone building was where we would operate. Um, yep. So there'd be a small customer lobby. They walk up to a counter or the dipping cabinet and they'd place their order and they'd get to see the, the magic happen right in front of them. Like there, there was kind of, we would always talk about how there was a um, aspect of being on stage when yep. you're, you're doing that style service. Um, when, so 2020 rolled out and um, we had been manufacturing ice cream for grocery stores for quite some time at that point. And um, I knew we were going to continue to do that. Um, I just didn't know what service was going to look like that year. So um, I said, I'm going to rely on um, 
I'm going to go as safe as I can. And I'm going to, regardless of kind of what the world does, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hang my hat on what I can do. So I decided kind of early on, I think this is actually June. Um, we're not opening this year. Um, 2020, there was too much going on for me. So um, I said, we're just going to focus hundred percent on grocery store sales. And I'm going to manufacture ice cream personally, like a freak show and right. um, just pump out as much as I can for this year and just push the grocery store sales without the shop. So um, it was a crazy decision. I didn't know if it was a smart one. And each month I was reevaluating, should we open, should we open, should we open? Um, but grocery store, stay, grocery store sales went absolutely gangbusters. Um, there was obviously like a lot of nonsense with like supply chain. Um, my thanks right. to um, the company Vistin was fantastic for us. Um, we were purchasing solo quartz from um, Fox Valley Farms, who is our regional right. uh, mixed distributor. And um, they were having a problem getting those solo quartz. They just couldn't get a, a good quantity of them. And my business was 100% hinged on that at that point. So I called up Vistin and said, what do we got to do? And they're like, well, you got to place an order for 10,000 units. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, I am so terrified. Like, this is so scary. Um, but it's kind of what we need to do right now. So we, it's amazing how fast you go through it. Um, well, and the thing was, like, we knew there were orders out there, but it's just like, are those orders going to be there in these six weeks when we finally get this $5,000 order of cups? Like, is this, is this a good idea or is this a terrifying, stupid idea? So um, we pulled the trigger and it was a phenomenal idea. Um, we ended up, um, we rented a storage locker and um, put the quartz in there. It's just, a, it's honestly to think about all the things that have happened in these last three years. Yes, sir. Um, it would take me four, like four hours to discuss everything. Um, we ended up buying the building directly behind the ice cream shop because it worked better for storage for us. Like there's all sorts of fun stuff that's happened in the last couple of years. Um, but we, we doubled down on the manufacturing end of it, and um, we had a local grocer, um, a big regional local grocer, Schnooks, um, came yeah. to us and said, we want your product on our shelves. And I said, you came to me like five years ago and asked the same, and when I started to talk about it with you, you bailed. Um, so what's different now? And they're like, we want your product. Like, there's nothing we you can't do that's going to... And I'm like, okay. And we had already been um, with a smaller regional grocery store. So um, like all the... Right. Well, the things were in place in order to get that um, relationship going. Um, and we dropped the product and it sold out that day. Um, so it was just um, a phenomenal situation. Um, we're now in four of their big grocery stores. And um, this March, um, my goodness sakes, two months from now, um, we go in another five. Um, so we'll be in nine total schnooks, two Woodman's, and it's like a smattering of smaller like um, I call them like mom, pa, like boutique style shops, yep, like meat yep. markets and cupcake right. shops and stuff like that. Um, so it's been a fun couple of years. That's for sure. Well, don't you find that, uh, uh, of course, it sounds like, and we don't, I don't want to get into the particulars. That's uh, the specifics are not for people's business. They can inquire that with you one-on-one, -on -one, but don't you find that it's better to be invited to the party at your margin than to come to the party and give away margin? 
I fortunately have, um, and I don't know if it's just the way that I play the game or um, if I'm just slow to move. Um, I, I've had the fortune of most people have invited me to the party. Um, most, well, or I should say most people have invited the, the dairy house to the party. I have to give a whole lot of props to Chuck Gilbert and my mom for setting us up with a business that was able to grow so efficiently um, when I kind of grabbed the reins. Um, well, there's definitely, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to bring on the screen, uh, the, uh, your, your, your social media, uh, Facebook, and can you see what right, right here where I'm pointing to? I can. Yeah. Okay. I think when you have that kind of numbers, that's where the supermarkets want your business. I, I appreciate that. Thanks, George. Um, I would agree with you. Um, I think, the social media, especially jumping on it um, at the at the situation when we did um, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, we okay. were able to get on them kind of early. Uh, and I honestly feel like there are a lot of people that are at a little bit of a disadvantage. Um, if you were to become an ice cream shop um, in our general area right now, you're competing with that 16,000 people that are, and I think right. if you scroll further down, they're pretty rabid fans. Like we, we interact with them pretty aggressively on the social media and we make sure that they, like when they message us or, um, they make a comment on the page, like we comment back to them, um, just to, um, give them that same experience that they would have if they were walking into the shop, I think is an important thing when people um, inter uh, interact with you on social media. Right, right. Uh, well, and of course, you know, you have also, uh, you're getting, you're getting, I would imagine, I would say you're, you, you seem to be getting more personal satisfaction here than you did at Best Buy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> without question. Yeah. Without I mean, question. I think, I think one of the things that you get to do with a business is you, you put you into it. Um, yes, yes, you get to, and I think that's, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because ultimately like the, the things that make you, um, I'm a very, um, I'm, I'm a product of my mo mother and she says, I like shiny things. Um, whatever kind of gets your attention at that moment, um, pulls you away. So um, that's a disadvantage to me at my ice cream shop. Like I'm a, I'm a very distractible guy, but um, that like just knowing that and operating within those confines within the ice cream shop, like you just learn how to deal with it. I probably pull more hours than most people, but um, they are pleasant hours. Well, uh, you know, it, it, you know, you're, you know, I always tell people, you know, I, I've had the pleasure of uh, working with operators like yourself. You know, uh, I was in the flavoring business. I still am in the flavoring business. And I would come in the back you know, of your shop and, and have the pleasure to know the intimacies of your business, but the intelligence to know that's where it stays. But, you know, I was always amazed that I would go from one shop to the next shop to the next shop. And, 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 and they would be buying essentially... Now, you know, basic core products that, that, that I would, you know, I'm very familiar with. And it's always, it's always amazing when you walk in and the operator says, I can't figure how we can't sell, why we can't sell ice cream like the guy across town. And of course, he's saying that as he's walking out the door going to a golf game or as his, you know, his wife is heading out to work in the garden, you know, the, a couple uh, they don't realize that what you're doing, this is, this is, this is your persona of a business. 
I would say that is something that I'd have to say the last couple of years I've learned. Um, it, the business has grown quite a bit and it's yeah. pulled me out of the shop. Um, I'm having to go to grocery stores. I'm having to teach kids to um, drive delivery trucks and stuff like that. And um, so we, I, I had said something, um, we had bought the property behind the ice cream shop and we're currently using it as storage. Um, you, I don't know that you'll be able to see it in that photo. Okay. Um, it's a, okay. it's an old 1850s home. And um, the most important thing that was there was a barn put on it. Um, the guy built a barn on it. And I saw that going up and like, it's being, he's building it back there. And in my head, I'm like, you're building that for me. I'm going to buy that one day. And it just so happened two and a half years later, it went up for sale. Well, my goal for this place is this is now our ice cream manufacturing facility. Um, we're out of space. We're having to say no to companies. Hey, we'd like you to sell ice cream here. Um, do you want to, like, I want to, get an ice cream truck and go do all of those fun, like festivals and stuff like that. But right now I can't make enough ice cream to keep up with demand. Right, so right, I'm like, okay, right. we're going to buy this building. I'm going to manu- turn it into a manufacturing facility and all of my woes will go away. Um, <laughs> I, I had to take a double take. Like, so um, probably in like February and March of last year, um, I was, or actually, yeah, of last year, um, I was talking to people about, I was talking about to some contractors about what we need to do in order to turn that into the production facility, right. turn the barn into a production facility. And obviously there's a lot of dollars behind that. Um, oh yeah. One of the things that I realized with those dollars though, um, this is another thing that's going to pull me away from my ice cream shop. And I think I need to slow it down again. Um, I need to be back in my ice cream shop. We build up all of this like manufacturing and all of the grocery store sales and stuff like that. But last year I felt further away from my ice cream shop than I ever have in the 12 or whatever years that I've been working there. And it just didn't feel that it felt more like what you just said of the guys walking out to, I'm not walking out to my golf game and walking out to the grocery store sales, but it didn't feel like I had that connection with the kids like I did previously with my customers, like I did previously. So um, my wife and I talked about it and there was the money aspect of it, but also the, let's make sure we got all of our ducks in the row. And so I'm actually the, the, the phrase that I've been using for a long time is Brent, do you work in your business or on your business? And um, I was always priding myself because I was working on my business. And um, I kind of decided, you know what, this is the year you're going to work in your business. Um, So we're getting back to it. I'm doing a little remodeling um, right now in the ice cream shop. We're redoing some insulation and stuff. Um, But it's going to be the year of working in the business. And I'm kind of excited about it again. So, you know, we, so we had the story before COVID, then we've got, you know, the story, you know, 2020, 2021, you know, it's interesting. And you and I both know where, you know, uh, you know, it's interesting because people say, you know, I'm down, not the industry, but everybody, you know, other industries outside of ice cream, you know, they're down, you know, 10%, 15%. And I always find myself asking the question, are you down 2020 or are you down 2019 or 20, yeah, 2021? Because you know, you take certain industries, 2020 and 2021 were just volcanic. I mean, it just exploded. Now, the ice cream is continuing to do, continue to grow because I think the things you just indicated is that you as an operator realized 
you know, the value, I mean, we're not seeing, you know, I was just talking to a good friend of mine uh, who is involved with that, who is uh, partnered with that plant up in your town. And I mean, there's still, I mean, there's no slowdown. You know, the ice cream industry is not looking to slow down. Now, there's a lot of things that cause, you know, uh, manufacturing delays, but it's still in our industry, it's still growing. I mean, uh, Nelson and other and the other cabinet companies, uh, Global, um, you know, they still have. It's it is it has dynamically changed how the factories, your vendors, go to market, and it has given. I think you have, have taken to say you've taken advantage in a negative way is wrong, but to say is you've taken advantage of a situation is what you have definitely done in their customers' best interest. Um, but I think you know now that we're getting. Uh, further away from COVID, you know, a lot of plants that, you know, they kicked, like, you know, we have a local uh, bicycle, you know, Peloton, you know, they they took 2020, 2021, and they uh, unfortunately extrapolated differently. And, you know, now as people can go outside and enjoy the outdoors, they're not sitting down on a bicycle looking at a t- screen watching, you know, they get out. So the industry's changing, but I think you have taken, you're, you're, you and many of your clients, the niche ice cream guys, and tell me about it, you know, how you've been able to you know, the social media. Uh, you, you just hit it on the head. The business is 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 Brent, I mean, and family, you know, Brent and team, excuse me. I mean, uh, but the team needs to be led by, you know, uh, you because you're the one that has it. But at the same time, Brent can't be there all the time. And if you want to hit your goals, there's things I'm sure you're considering. Uh, to 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 move things forward because nobody wants you. You're not ready to settle down uh, and 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 uh, collect your social security payments. I, I think uh, us as small business operators, we have an advantage in this um, working climate that we're currently in. Um, number one, you got to pay your people um, because they're going to leave and go find a job that is going to mm-hmm. pay them more. So I think it's something that you just kind of got to suck up at this point and pay your people competitively to what they're going to see out there. Um, right. Otherwise, you're going to train somebody for three months and they're going to be out. Um, secondly, though, they're used to, um, the, the people that we are employing are used to going to McDonald's or Walmart or big box retail or somewhere where they're getting managed by somebody that's making 18 or $19 an hour, that's never managed people before, that's just looking to put a paycheck um, on their plate so that they can feed their family and stuff, and probably doesn't have the the passion or the skills that I would say an individual entrepreneur or, or the individual, like maybe compassion for those particular people that work for you. Like I'm super motivated to care about my employee because they work in my business. They live in my community. Like I know their parents, like it's, it's a super small little world uh, of these people that we employ. Um, And we, we have a staff of right under 35 people. Um, So it's not extraordinarily difficult to over a week basis, have one-on-one connections with those individuals. Um, I think that puts us at a competitive advantage compared to those Dairy Queens and those Cold Stones and those places like that, because we are in our, in our shops and we care about our team and, and things of that nature. Um, 
So I think those, to me, right. those are the two big ones. The, the first one is kind of just like, you have to do it. Like in this climate, you just have to pay people what they're worth. Um, and then um, secondly, it's like, we get that, we, we have that competitive advantage because we care about, about our businesses. And ultimately, like, unless you're kind of, unless you're kind of a weirdo, you're gonna appreciate these, these 15 year old kids, these 16 year old kids are coming in and they're busting your butt for you. And as long as the, you're standing next to them, them and you're scooping on a daily basis and things like that, I think they're going to um, model the behaviors that you're setting on a daily basis too. And I think that's a big reason why I want to make sure that I'm spending time in my business is to exactly, because make sure that I am modeling those behaviors. I, you know, when you go to the trade shows and I'm sure you get phone calls and emails and they always say, you know, Brent, uh, what's the secret? Brent, you know, uh, why are you so successful? Brent, what is your secret? Because I want to do it. And, and you probably tell them the same thing that I've told people. And it's like, the secret is there's no secret. It really is. If you get up in the morning, uh, you go to bed at night, you get up in the morning, you go to bed at night and you do it seven days a week, six to 12 months out of the year. And I think you're, you're, you're spot on. It's that consistency over the course of so many years that I think has made us successful. It, and you think about that consistency, it creates a reliability um, for your customers, but also your employees. They know what they're walking into um, when they walk into a day. Um, I actually made the comment um, right now we're operating a little bit differently. We do curbside during the winter um, where my, kids, my kids will run the product out to your car so you don't have to get out of your car sort of thing. Um, you can walk up to the window if you want, but most just run up to the car and um i always feel a little bit bad because it's a little bit of a different curveball that i'm throwing to the staff and i think in small businesses sometimes you do end up throwing curveballs to your staff hey um I, I need you to do this kind of thing i need you to do this kind of thing that day but um i think as long as you're treating your staff with um, courtesy and you make sure you're not setting themselves up to do something you wouldn't do so, um, so the curbside i noticed is on your on your website which i've got mm -hmm. right up here um and so is this kind of like a call ahead type thing um, no, uh, well, you can do it that way if you like. Um, sometimes are um, more like the older people like just phoning the order in. Um, but um, if you just click on any of those um, little icons above you, it'll take you to like what what we're offering those days. And um, then the you place that the order on that website, and the staff just brings it out to you. Okay, okay, okay. So you, it's, you're you're taking you're realizing as you're watching some competitors in the fast food industry how they've been able to maximize that curbside appeal uh, and it doesn't look like it's going back i don't I, I, I do think though there is an aversion to anything that smells like covid right now so um that phrase curbside i think is kind of funky and i'm actually noticing uh like the mcdonald's curbside a lot of people are now um they're ordering and instead of parking in that curbside spot, they're actually taking their, their curbside order through their drive-through. Um, so I'm wondering if that's something or a way that we can incorporate that. Um, we had said something a moment ago or when we were talking, and I think one of the biggest things that I figured out um, or kind of punched me in the face is adaptability. Um, yeah. We just have to know how to adapt to our climate and it changes so quickly. Um, whether it's 
the the social media that you're putting the most marketing into um the fact that like i think tiktok treats are something that like for years i wanted to um ignore the tiktok treats and um i'm an old-fashioned ice cream shop i make turtle sundays and i want to make turtle sundays but everybody's been seeing all these tiktok treats and they show up in there well we want the tiktok treat so i think um being adaptable and like listening to your customers and things like that um is important and um yeah so well it's just you know and the the customer i mean there's you know there's a little bit of pride but at the same time you know your pride is what built that's why your customers come to you uh and and i think you know definitely you know back when my dad was in the business back you know uh years ago i mean the whole marketing diagram the whole marketing emphasis i mean with you know this the essentially uh you know dairy queen which there there are others but you know you think about dairy queen started as a walk-up drive-through and 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 that was you know and then that became you know uh, anybody else who started back at that time uh, was where everybody went and they all became very successful and then the next guy comes into town then he says well i'm going to open up a you know, sit down inside you know because i want to um and and then that then there became a different concept i mean you've got uh here in ohio you've got in cincinnati you got graders you know which is a homemade and you got cleveland you've got mitchell's which is inside um and and you have others in, in your backyard too but certainly with covid it it uh, it it changed what they had to do, which is what you, you know, you're taking the van, you know, the curbside is what uh, anybody who had indoor seating during COVID had to adapt. I mean, uh, there, I think the one that I was familiar with, one in particular I ran into was uh, Jenny's, you know, out of Columbus. And, you know, they were an inside operation. And, you know, in their stops that were in metropolitan markets, they certainly were in a high aware COVID environment that people were very, you know, and so. I noticed they started, what they would do is they would uh, open the front door and they would put a, a table or whatever. So the customer could still c- not come inside the business, but do what, you know, do what, do what you're doing, essentially. Um, now, some of them have continued on. Uh, serv- certainly your method uh, is, is, is going to be a, a more successful because it's part of your of your nature. I think there are um, just working the window, um, your customers come up and they talk to you about different things. And early on, um, the first thing that I would hear is, please never open the door again. We hated standing in that little crowded lobby where there were 50 people all slammed together and there was a little kid running around and stuff like that. It was very difficult. now, a year later or two years later or whatever, people are asking me, when are you going to open the lobby again? Um, there is a nostalgia that they're missing to that they used to experience. And it was cute. We have that limestone building. So there's right. uh, I, I, I say it's kind of a Norman Rockwell feeling when you yeah. walk in. And there is a big experience to looking at the bucket of ice cream and um, having tasters and seeing your ice cream made and stuff like that. Um, so I, I I kind of get that feedback from my customer and um, I try to, okay, so I've got two people. I've got the person that doesn't want to walk in anymore because it's too crowded. And I've got the person who says, I need that nostalgia again. So over the last two years, what we've been trying to do or over the last year is create that nostalgia in the part or in the, that little um 
outdoor area that we have. We've been putting right. some money into that, um, getting more um, kind of different styles of seating. It was another thing that I noticed from McDonald's nowadays. If you walk into their lobby, there's all sorts of different styles of seating. And I think that's because they want different groups of people. Um, maybe um, a big family is going to sit at the picnic table, but right. a date doesn't want to sit at the picnic table because um, other people are going to come sit at their picnic table. So a date wants to just have a couple of chairs set up to the side and stuff like that. Is that what this so, is over here for? Um, that's what that is over there. And you're actually looking for at a photo that's sadly about two years old. So we've done oh, some okay. other... Um, other work to the outside that have kind of given people a few more um, seating option areas. We were, Pat, we were, I was in, uh, Nancy and I were Cleveland, is it Cleveland or Toledo? Anyway, there's a, uh, uh, I'm noticing more and more uh, of these chains are coming out with this pagoda. I mean, it's an extension of the building. So you got a mm -hmm. top and then you have, you know, what they're doing is they're taking it from the building out uh, and then it's all open, but you, but it's a porch. Uh, and they do it on the side, you know, on, on the side. And so they still create an outdoor. Now, I think, like you said, you know, uh, as we get further away from COVID and, and if there isn't any COVID part two or part three or whatever, then, then the necessity to go back. But at the same time, uh, I, I don't, I think that the, what you've got with this window uh, and with your setup, you probably won't need to go back inside. I honestly don't think I need to. No. Um, it's going to be something I'll reevaluate year after year after year. Um, the process is quite a bit more um, simple nowadays because you don't have customers in there um, kind of doing everything. Right. Um, even, even just aspects of um, opening the door up and the customer opens the door up, the next customer holds the door open and all of a sudden you're paying extra for air conditioning. Um, yeah. Just little yeah. things like that kind of fix, fix themselves and going over to this. No, it's, 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 you know, again, uh, what you, your setup today, basically, I mean, I, I don't mean to be giving the other guy any much pressure, but the Dairy Queen, that original concept uh, hit the home, you know, it was a home run. Uh, and many, I mean, it was so successful. I mean, you know, I mean, Wendy's, uh, Wendy's added the drive-through, then Dairy Queen brought the drive-through. I mean, you know, McDonald's uh, added the drive-through. So, you know, Dairy Queen introduced the window. Uh, Wendy's added the drive-through, and then everybody adapted to, to, to that. And then with the combination of walk-up drive-through or curbside, which is what you're offering, um, uh, it's 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 a package that you don't need people inside the store if you market. Because what you're, you know, I'm looking at your building, and you're no longer marketing vanilla, chocolate, strawberry. You're marketing, like you said, environment, a feeling, a comfort, happiness, experience. It's all experience. Like the ice cream gets the the people in the seat. Like they're coming yeah. out for ice cream, but they're having that family experience. And yeah. any way that we can um, just put ourselves into be the setting for that. Um, yep. Whether I, I want you to, when you come to, we're, we're in Rockton, Illinois, which is kind of a, I'll call it a suburb of Rockford, Illinois. Um, so we have a, a major metropolitan area. Um, and we are fortunately one of those places that um, I brought friends to town and I had to bring them to the dairy house. Um, and we, what we right. need to do is just right. make sure we continue to capitalize on that experience and um, bring in that nostalgia out aspect outside. Um, when we, when I was a little kid, when I was 14 years old and my mom bought the ice cream shop, um, 
you've seen those, um, they call them ice cream tables. Um, it's a, yeah. it's like a round table and right. wired legs and wired right. chairs with wood. Um, well, there was a little baby one. Um, there was one, like the seats were, they set 12 inches tall and the table set 18 inches tall or something like that. And the number of kids that would come and the moment they would walk in the shop, they'd put their butt in that seat and that was their spot. Well, they're creating an, I, they're creating a nostalgia moment at that point, not only for themselves, but for their parents, because the parents are taking pictures and they're having that experience right there. Well, we lost that. We took that away from them because they couldn't walk into the shop anymore. So that was a nostalgia moment that people my age had and they wanted to bring their kids in and have that nostalgia moment with their kids again and i took it away from them and like it was just devastating and i realized it early on and so what, what my team and i um, <clears throat> talked about was we need to create these nostalgia moments outside um, they used to walk in and have them in the shop with walking in the buckets and stuff like that um, so there are like little things where like you'll walk up to our shop and there's like a little hole drilled in a wall and it's only 24 inches tall so a parent isn't looking in this hole it's a little kid's looking in the hole and the little kid looks in the hole and here's this little diorama of like lego features or, or and it's just something that changes over the years and little kid tables and stuff like that so that we just continue to make those memories so that yep. those kids yep. 20 years from now are bringing their kids back to the ice cream shop and it's it's something that's happened until i'm dead well i we're getting i'm, I'm getting down to the time that I, I told you we wouldn't take too much time and we'll run it down here but i i do want to get you back again i think uh uh, your oh, personality, you know, it's always good because I, uh, um, it's always exciting because the ice cream, you know, people have asked me why other industries in the food business don't have as much fun. And I said, well, I, uh, because I think the thing is ice cream is still a entrepreneur uh, guy like you. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've got uh, my best friend in my wedding. Uh, I think you've met him or you've seen Eric Gerber over in Defiance, Ohio. You know, he makes ice cream, soft ice cream. Uh, you know, Eric started like you with uh, with a with an old Dairy Queen style building, and then like you, he adapted. And I think you know that's one of the things that I always try to counsel anybody getting into business: don't look at the guy across the city or across outside, you know, in the town that you think is the most successful, and and try to cookie cutter what he's done. You know, like you, it's it's the it's you know you look at you know it's the individual circumstances that give you. You know, uh, because if the guy is going to be the same as the guy across town, why am I going to come to you? 100%. you know, I mean, if I'm going to open up a cross street uh, to compete with you, I'm not going to do what you're doing. I'm going to have to do something that's going to, to get to be a distraction or an attention getting thing. There and, you it's, go. and it's not about ice cream or, or gelato or whatever. It's about the experience. So yeah. uh, I think uh, I, I really enjoy uh, watching you and, and listening to you. Uh, and uh, we'll get back together. But I think one of the things that new people need to understand is, you know, be flexible, uh, reach out to folks like yourself and talk to, you know, because uh, like we said, there are no, there are no secrets because you, you know, when you talk to somebody, if they're going, if they're willing uh, you know, to, to do what you had to do uh, to make it successful. And, oh, yeah. uh, I think uh, somebody told me a long time ago that these days, um, the secret 
is what sells your ice cream. And I think that's, um, you, you let people into your kitchens, you tell right. them what's going on. Um, and you just erase all of those secrets. People don't want secrets. They don't want to know what the secret, they want to know what the secret sauce is now. And you tell them what it is and they're more than likely, they're not going to go home and make their own ice cream. They want to come and be an ice cream from you. Well, and, and of course with you, with what you're, you know, what you're doing so well is you're, you're, you've got your image. You, I mean, you put so much energy and in, in, in promoting your product. I mean, there's so many different ways to sell ice cream and uh, you've got so many partners now uh, that want to, that help each other. So, you know, it's not like a, a you know, each stop or shop wanting to make their own ice cream, uh, but it depends on what that individual wants. I mean, you may, you know, so I think, uh, uh, have have fun. Uh, what, so, what are you looking forward in 2023? What are the, what, what's a big thing for you this year? Um, I would like when March when we get to roll out to the, these other five stores. Um, that's what's really gets me going okay. nowadays is kind of like the business growth. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I'm looking to work in my business this year, um, uh, like forge those connections even further with my team and um, just really hit the ground running once we open the awesome, open, awesome. open the window. Now, yeah. when when do you start? When does the uh, well, you're open? Our, you're open twelve months now, right? Yeah, so the curbside will re remain through February and March. And um, what I usually try to do is by March 15th, have all my buckets made so okay. that I can kind of look at that 10 day forecast and say, ooh, that's gonna be the nice weekend. So it's usually one of the last two weekends of March or that first weekend of April. Uh, I always try to pop with a, like a real nice day um, because I feel like that line standing out front of the shop, the news ends up coming out, um, everybody ends up finding out that the dairy house is open that weekend and it really starts us out rolling. Um, I have opened to crummier weekends before and you just don't get the foot traffic and um, there's that pizzazz that hope it happens on opening weekend that allows everybody to go, oh, it's spring and the dairy house is open again. So what do you have to tell people when they, when they, when they uh, reach out to you and say, you know, they're in the business, they're in the shop and they're saying costs are going up, costs are going up. Uh, and of course, you know, right now we're all uh, enduring costs that are going up. Uh, what is your words of advice to those folks that haven't been doing this long enough to understand? Um, adapt to it. You just have to, you have to know your cost benefit or you have to know your cost analysis. Right. So you know what um, a bucket of ice cream is costing you to make so that when um, your Reese's peanut butter cups do go up 20%, you can really easily make that change and right. realize because there's a lot of times where prices are going to fluctuate a little bit. And that's just going to be um, one price goes up, one price goes down and, and net for net, you're okay at the end of the month. Um, but what we've been enduring over the past couple of years is definitely price increases. And there is a feeling that you do not want to pass those price increases on to your customer. Um, you just feel so guilty doing it and it's a, you're a horrible business owner and don't do it, don't do it. No, you need to pass those prices on to your customers. You need to um, kind of even inboard your, or inboard the pricing a little bit to assume yeah. because those mid-season mid changes of prices, if you're doing it three or four times, it's bad news. Um, I don't think one price change during the season is the worst thing ever but you just don't want to get your customer focusing on price. So no, no. Um, make sure that you're giving them that experience so that they're not necessarily grabbing the receipt and looking at it the moment that they get their ice cream. They're looking right. at their ice cream and looking at their family and having that experience instead of thinking about the money. 
That's right, because because the, they're going to go out and do something, and you're giving them the best value oriented option out there. So, well, Pat, thank you so much for your time this morning. I really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Tell your wife thank you for letting me take you away from. And I hope you had a nice breakfast with her. And uh, it sounds like you're having a great season, my friend. Fantastic, George. Wonderful talking with you. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Have a good bye -bye. day.